got a show for you. I've no idea what I'll do. Welcome, my friends, to this charming tableau. Have I got a show? I think it's a show. I hope it's a show. I don't know. But it's my show. It's for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's very special episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. I have had a shot of vodka. And now I'm going to do a podcast for all of you. It's my birthday today. So that means uh, this is going to be a little bit different. I just started the recording. And I'm going to record whatever happens. And uh, I've written some of the, you know, some of the usual segments that you like. But uh, there's no guest this week. So if you only come to this place for the guests, there's nothing for you to do. Today it's just me and you. For my birthday, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a show. I'll make a show. This is a show for you. If you want a show, well then you gotta know. It's what I do. So let's start the show for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. My name is Strangely. This is the podcast. The friends this week are all of you. So uh, there'll be some some songs happening. Feel free to sing along if you want. Uh, and yeah, I <laughs> hope you're all ready to have some fun. I am already off script, off the cuff, and off the the, the track. So I speaking of being off, like I know that like there's a... Uh, a a a phrase. I forgot my glasses. I'm gonna go get him. I know that there's a phrase that people use when someone's like kind of out of control or they're not doing things as they should. Like people say off the reservation, which this is obviously kind of a problematic thing to say, and you're also referencing like some really shitty uh American history. So please uh like write me or tweet me or something. Uh I don't really look at Twitter. Uh, Instagram me at I am strangely. Uh, if you have ideas for phrases that we could replace off the reservation with, that that have the same connotation without the problematic correlation, because hey, because I, I think that would be that would be really. I just I need a new one of those because people say that about me all the time, and I'm like, guys, it's kind of problematic, but also I get that you're just trying to say I'm a wild and crazy guy. I'm Steve Martining. Maybe that's what we'll say. He's gone full Steve Martin. Anyway, I'm already way off script. So, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, start the show. Oh, I have to comment on something the current cultural zeitgeist. Uh, I saw Knives Out. It was really fucking good. So, go see Knives Out. Uh, I think it's my second favorite Ryan Johnson movie. My favorite is, of course, The Brothers Bloom. Uh, then, uh, Knives Out. Then... Uh, the 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 Last Jedi, then Brick, then Looper. Don't really care for Looper. It's I mean I enjoy bits of it, but like overall, not my favorite. Uh, The Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars film. So sue me. It's my fucking birthday. Y'all can deal with it. Uh, there. I've commented on something in the current cultural zeitgeist. Now let us speak of it no more.
strangely recommends in 200 words or less. Including these 11. Who? Who imposed this rule? Uh, I did? Okay. <clears throat> Kabakunst by the Creative Martyrs. This is the latest album from Gustav and Jacob Martyr, a couple of Brechtian monstrosities from Glasgow, Scotland. The deceptively simple cello and ukulele instrumentation takes a back seat to lyrics that are as compelling as they are terrifying. I suppose my own enjoyment of this album is fueled by my enjoyment of their live shows. If I had to compare them to a cinematic genre, I would say dystopian horror. They perform cabaret as if we are already living in a science fiction dystopia, and let's face it, there's plenty of compelling arguments that we are. The creative martyr solution? We'll fix it with a cabaret. I cannot stress how overtly political and in-your-face this collection of songs is, and I find it delightful. I know that much of this podcast is about avoiding current events, but if you've got to engage with them, this album is definitely the catchiest way to do so. Plus, it's got the sexiest explanation of the Overton window ever created. I'm trying not to gush too much. I love these fellows. Go listen. This is normally where I would chat with a guest, but there's no guest this week, so we're going to move right on to our next segment. Here's a thought. Filler episodes are the best episodes. I've been watching The Mandalorian on Da Plus. I think that's what the kids call it. Don't worry. This isn't about The Mandalorian. I, it just got me thinking. Wh whatever. Don't worry. No spoilers anyway. Last week's episode was my favorite so far. The whole episode told a small, self-contained story. We got to hang out with the principal characters and see them in a more relaxed environment, hear them talk about free time, and so on. It was the equivalent of a lazy Saturday with your friends. There was no big universe-shifting plotline, no big stakes, just a wee adventure on the job to get some money. I loved it. So much character and fun packed into less than an hour. I was shocked when I started reading reviews and reactions to the episode on forums and entertainment websites. People were complaining about this being a filler episode. What? Why, why is that a bad thing? I mean, you don't complain about the filler in a fucking pie. It's the reason you eat the damn thing. A Twix bar without filler is just a lump of shitty chocolate. <clears throat> Sorry. I just find this way of thinking odd. Let's go back a ways to one of my favorite science fiction shows of all time, The X-Files. See, X-Files has two types of episodes. There were mythology episodes, and there were Monster of the Week episodes. The former category were episodes that advanced the big, earth-shattering plotline of the entire series. Oh my god! The president is an alien tree monster made of corks! Or whatever. It was all building up to some great mystery, a la Lost. But the latter category is what really hooked fans. I would argue it was the Monster of the Week episodes that maintained the treasured place X-Files has in my heart. They were so simple, yet fun. The two lead characters, Mulder and Scully, would get an assignment from their boss at the FBI to investigate something weird. And then they would do that. Some spooky nonsense would go down, and then they'd head home. My top ten favorite X-Files episodes are all of this type. Nothing earth-shattering happened. Mulder and Scully just investigated some weird stuff. 
Most of these episodes were devised by the writer's room based upon odd conspiracy theories or urban legends that they had heard. It was fluff, pure and simple. And yet, it's because of these episodes that I know Mulder's favorite fast food. Scully's birthday, Scully's dad's name, and so on. The little ancillary details that make a world or a character feel lived in, that give these things history, sense of place. One of the things I bemoan about the current golden age of television that we are living in is the fact that everything has to be a screaming rush toward the big showdown. TV shows are now just eight-hour movies, which is not a bad thing in and of itself, but I la the lack of those filler episodes is starting to hurt our enjoyment of the stories. Just look at the dissatisfaction many fans seem to have had for the recent final season of Game of Thrones. Personally, I had a good time with it fight me, but I wholeheartedly agree that it felt rushed. It would have benefited from twice as many episodes of just people sitting around talking and, and walking to get the characters where their stories needed to end them up. We missed out on the long treks, the bits along the way, the chance encounters. Just imagine the Lord of the Rings films without all the walking. For all the fun that has been made of the large amounts of walking in that trilogy, I would argue that those bits are the reason we love it so much. When Frodo and Sam get to Mount Doom and they're fighting over the ring and trying to finally toss the f***ing thing in the lava, you feel that they went through something to get there. So the next time you find yourself watching a scene or even a full episode and you start to whinge in your head about it being filler, stop to consider something. Why are you watching this film show or reading this book if you're not into the characters and, the, and their world? If the only reason you're a part of it is to get to the end, go read the Wikipedia. That's kind of what it's there for. I mean, does anybody actually read Moby Dick? It's, it's on my resolutions for 2020, actually. <laughs> if you're enjoying the world and the folks that live in it, then enjoy the time you get to spend with them. Films and books are finite things. It doesn't hurt to spend a little quality time with some quality folks. Unless it's John fucking Galt. He can just fuck off. I fucking hate that fucking book. Fuck Ayn Rand. I need more coffee. Song of the week. This is uh this is gonna be a f i've never recorded this to the best of my knowledge there's no recordings of me playing this this is a dirty birthday song called the only fish that's swimming in my sea this was written by one of my dearest friends a musician named shawnee kilgore she is based in austin texas now go check her out her stuff's amazing she also has a patreon and uh, uh you can get all her stuff online and she knows that my favorite thing in the in the world is a dirty song that is actually sweet. So uh, something like Aaron J. Shea's Sweet Love Song, where it's dirty, but like there's a there's a there's a sweet sentiment behind it. Uh, and so one year for my birthday, Shawnee wrote this for me and I occasionally sing it to other people on their birthdays. So when it's your birthday, go ahead and, and load up this episode and you can listen to the song. This is called You're the Only Fish That's Swimming in My Sea by Shawnee Kilgore. Whoa, that's not the right. Okay, here we go. Flashback. <clears throat> this is called You're the Only Fish That's Swimming in My Sea by Shawnee Kilgore. 
If you're feeling sad and horny on your birthday, well, I hope it's cause you're there thinking of me. Well, I wish that I was there to run my fingers through your hair. You're the only fish that's swimming in my sea. If you're feeling kind of frisky on your birthday, just know that I would frisk all over you. I got back scratching and kissing for the one who's missing me. Everybody, you're the only fish that's swimming in my sea. feeling hot and bothered on your birthday just know that i am hot and bothered too well take your name to bed with me pretend you're giving head to me reciprocally you're the only fish that's swimming in my sea. If you're feeling sad and lonely on your birthday, you're an idiot, cause all of us are here with you. Well, I don't really know what else to say except I hope you have a great day. Everybody sing along now. You're the only fish that's swimming in my sea. Lots more times. You're the only fish that's swimming in my sea. One more time. You're the only fish that's swimming in my sea. The only fish I want swimming in me. Oh, in me. <laughs> that uh that's by Shawnee Kilgore. I blame you, Shawnee. So, uh, what's next? Ah, this is, I'm gonna ramble for a bit. I, I don't know how long. Uh, I'll maybe watch the clock a little bit. Where's my clock? I'll, I'll grab my clock and I'll watch the clock just in case. I don't know why I keep calling my phone a clock. One shot of vodka, folks. One shot of vodka. Don't tell, don't tell my Russian friends. All right, here we go. Ha. Ah. So, I've, I, I've been looking back over the year. I, 
you know, it's been it's been an interesting year since my last birthday. You know, I've had some ups and downs. I'm sure you folks out there in Radio Land have had some ups and downs as well. How how are you? So okay, on the count of three, just yell how you're doing as loud as you can, and maybe I'll hear some of you. So how are you doing? One, two, three. Okay. Some some mixed responses. That's that's sort of how I feel. So that's that's good. Uh, I made a resolution to myself last year that I would read a book a week for all of 2019, and I did it. Uh, so, you know what? I'll just read the list. I maybe that'll be interesting to some folks, uh, and then I'll talk about some of my ideas for next year. So. <clears throat> In no particular order of value. This is just kind of in the order I completed them or in the order I remembered to write them down. Here are the 52 books I read this year. League of... <clears throat> wow. I just flubbed it right out the gate. Let's try that again. <clears throat> the 52 books... Hang on. I should introduce this segment... I wish I could play the Ghostwriter theme. That would be great. All right, the 52 books I read this year. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Volume 1, by Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill. Dark Magic, by James Swain. Fooling Houdini, by Alex Stone. Experience, by Martin Amos. Empire of the Summer Moon, by S.C. Gwynn. The Tattooed Map, by Barbara Hodgson. How to Cheat Your Friends at Poker by Pendulette and Mickey D. Lynn. Findings by Rafael Kroll Zaidi. Spoon River Anthology by Edgar Lee Masters. East of West, The Apocalypse, Year One by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragoda. The Abracadabra Kid, A Writer's Life by Sid Fleischman. Amarillo Slim in a World Full of Fat People by Amarillo Slim. The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan. The Magician and the Card Sharp by Carl Johnson. But What If We're Wrong by Chuck Klosterman. The Song Lines by Bruce Chatwin. Nine Princes in Amber by Roger Zelazny. Magic Words The Extraordinary Life of Alan Moore by Lance Parkin. Infinity War by Jim Starlin, Ron Lim, Tom Rainey. East of West. The Apocalypse, Year Two. There are three colons in that title. I'm just very happy. By Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragota. Hillbilly, Volume Four. Red-Eyed Witchery from Beyond. By Eric Powell and Simone DeMio. Disappearances, A Map. By Sheila, by Sheila Nickerson. Thor, Complete Collection, Volume One. By Jason Aaron, Isad Ribic, Butch Guise, Nick Klein. And Ron Garney. I bet I butchered that. Don't, don't, don't at me. Accordion Crimes by E. Annie Prue. Matthias Buchinger, The Greatest German Living by Ricky Jay, whose peregrinations in search of the little man of Nuremberg are herein revealed. Games You Can't Lose, A Guide for Suckers by Harry Anderson. Quicksilver by Neil Stevenson. Dead Funny, Telling Jokes in Hitler's Germany by Rudolf Herzog. The Last River, The Tragic Race for Shangri-La by Todd Balfe. Tiamat's Wrath 
by James S. A. Corey. H.P. Lovecraft, The Classic Horror Stories, from Oxford World's Classics. The Blade Itself, by Joe Abercrombie. Eternals, by Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr. Off the Map. Anonymous, published by CrimeThink. Brother, by David Cheriandi. Rise of the Video Game Scene. Rise of the Video Game Zinesters by Anna Anthropy. The Thirteenth Floor, Volume One by John Wagner, Alan Grant, and Jose Ortiz. Before They Are Hanged by Joe Abercrombie. Nights at the Circus by Angela Carter. No One Is Too Small to Make a Difference by Greta Thunberg. Unbeaten Tracks in Japan by Isabella L. Bird. The Southern Reach Trilogy by Jeff Vandermeer. Journey into the Whirlwind by Eugenia Ginsburg, More Curious by Sean Wilsey, This Is Your Brain on Porn by Gary Wilson, The Last Argument of Kings by Joe Abercrombie, Suicide Blonde by Darcy Stenke, Stenke? Stink? S-T-E-I-N-K-E. It's a word I've only ever seen in print. The Committee by Sanala Ibrahim, Eichmann in Jerusalem by Hannah Arendt, and Anathem by Neil Stevenson. Uh, oh, sorry, there's two more. Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson and Empire Express by David Howard Bain. With the notable exceptions of Accordion Crimes by Ianni e. Prue and Dark Magic by James Swain, I would highly recommend all of these uh You'll notice that I tend to have read more things in speculative fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, etc. That's just kind of my jam. Um, But there's some nonfiction in there as well. A little bit of poetry. Uh, I'm always looking for reading recommendations. So if you listeners out there in Radioland have books or things that you you really want to hear me talk about on the podcast or just think I should read, uh, let me know. I I would love to... I'd love to get more more recommendations. I love books, obviously, and I love to talk about them and share some feelings about them. So if you've got any suggestions, let me know. Uh, I'm, I'm still rambling, and I guess I should talk a little bit about the upcoming year. I don't know. I, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. It's funny because I'm in school and so that's taking up a huge amount of my time, but at the same time it's time I don't have to think about. I mean, obviously you have to think really hard and focus and and work to produce work for school, but uh you don't you're not thinking about it in the same way that you're thinking about should I get married or should I move to this new city or should I take this job? It's, it's a, it has a different net effect. I feel like the big decision was already made when I decided to go back to school. So now I'm just kind of in this weird place where it's like, I know pretty much everything that I'm doing with my life for the next year and change. And that's a really weird position to be in for me because I I feel like even though my life is scheduled with touring and things like that, a lot of my life has been very unpredictable for the last 10 years. I've been talking to friends about the fact that this, uh, this past three months has seen the longest stretch, uh, 
21 days in a row of sleeping in the same bed I have had in 10 years. That's kind of mind-blowing to think about. I broke the stretch by just going and spending a night at my parents' house because I really, like, I, was, I started to wig out a little bit. I was like, what, what? This is not my beautiful bed. This is not my beautiful, tiny, crappy heater that I, I, st- I that's a fun fact. Uh, some of you know I, I used to live in a sailboat years ago. And uh, when I was living in the sailboat, I found a tiny little heater in a dumpster. Uh, just like a little little heater you plug in. It's, it's about the size of a, a half a loaf of bread. That's a really bad size comparison. It's the size of four VHS tapes in a box set. You know, you know like when you used to get the Star Wars trilogy on, on VHS in the box? But then there was like the extra VHS of like the, the, the like making of or whatever. Four VHS tapes in a slipcase. If you're, if you don't, if you've never seen that, I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, like, like half of three Harry Potter books stacked on top of each other. I don't know. Anyway, I, this heater, I found it in a dumpster. I still have the heater to this day and it's what heats my bedroom at the funky punk house I live at now. So (laughs) there's a, there's a rambly, entirely unnecessary fun fact. It's it's almost like this episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast, is a filler episode. <laughs> oh, I crack me up. Oh my goodness. I thank you all so much for still listening. If you are still listening, I don't know. I I hope this is all right. I just it's my birthday and I I love making the podcast. I love creating art for people, and and hopefully this is entertaining for you. But the part of this podcast that really does feel like so much work for me is editing. So my little birthday present to myself was that this podcast episode is done completely live, and there's a lot of this that's off the cuff today. And I appreciate that you all uh, are 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 still here if you are. So. New Year's resolutions. I'm going to make a couple. I know it's it's New Year's isn't for a couple weeks, but I for me New Year's and Christmas and 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 Thanksgiving and all the holiday season and my birthday it's all at the same time. So I I kind of all I start I come up with my New Year's resolutions on my birthday and then I start them now so that I uh I have you know, I have a jump on it. So I thought of I thought of a couple. Uh, I'm gonna read Moby Dick because I feel like I should do that, and I'm actually writing these down. So uh, next year on my birthday episode, we'll we'll talk about this and we'll see how I did. Another thing is I I mentioned in the reading list that I read Greta Thunberg's book, and climate change is a big deal, and I want to do my part or at least interact with that. So. One of the things I want to do for next year is I want to actually understand my carbon footprint. And I'm writing that down. Uh, Because, like, I don't drive around in a car. I commute by walking or running or riding a bicycle. So so my carbon footprint in that way is, is much smaller. But I also fly to other countries around the world. So I want to sort of find out what my carbon footprint is and see if there are ways to reduce it. Maybe try to uh, do one of my European tours, but sail there. 
But, you know, that's one of those things that's really confusing because, like, if you say you sail to get across the ocean, you're not burning jet fuel, but, like, do you have to buy a bunch of cold weather gear? And then, like, what about all the food that you eat on the way? Like, because you have to have, like, special packaged food to eat while you're sailing. I mean, maybe you don't. I, I don't know enough about transatlantic or 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 long distance sailing I, I mostly just did short stuff in in quiddity back when i had my boat but that's something i want to learn to understand maybe i'll end up doing like a segment about it in the upcoming year because i i i think that any big changes you know be the change you want to see in the world but also like it it happens person by person that's how we hit the tipping point and I feel like I am someone who's a little bit more visible than the average person. And maybe if I start changing a few things, it'll change some other people's minds. I don't know. So that's a, that's a resolution. Uh, so what do we got? We've got read Moby Dick and learn to understand my carbon footprint. Uh, I'm going to come up with one more. I, I don't know. Like, it's funny, like thinking about resolutions. Like I, I, I'm very healthy. I, I work out a lot. Um, I quit looking at porn like a year ago. Um, I probably drink too much, but I'm, that's not a resolution for this this year. I'm only 32. Is that, I, I need to start spending time with a foreign language again. So I'm going to start. I'm going to I'm going to go back to I'm going to try to for a whole year do a Finnish lesson every day. So Finnish lessons. I mean, I know a couple words in Finnish. Like I can say koira. That's uh, that is a wolf, or maybe that's a dog. See, I I really need to go study Finnish. And kietos is thank you, because that's something that's good to say if you're doing a show. Uh, so Finnish lessons. That's a resolution. Uh, if you folks have other suggestions for me, like things I should do, like, oh man, strangely, you should go skydiving or whatever, uh, write me a postcard and let me know. Cause I would love to do that. Um, one other thing that I'm hoping to do this upcoming year is, uh, Pochmancier, the podcast audiobook that I did last year, I've started writing another book about the characters from that book. It's not so much a sequel as it is another book set in that world. There were there were things that I really liked about that book and there were things that didn't quite work for me. And so I, I've kind of tried to find the happy medium of the type of story I wanna be writing. So look for that coming up uh, at some point this coming year. I'm also, I'm starting the initial preparations for my next album which is going to be mostly recorded in Scotland next September. So that's an upcoming thing I'm doing. But uh, yeah, if you have suggestions of things that I should do in my life, write me, which I guess is the perfect transition into the next segment of the show, which I like to call... Mailbag. I came up the stairs to my art studio today and there were two pieces of mail for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to read the first one here. This is a postcard from someone and it's a picture of the Seattle skyline and it says Seattle. 
it says Seattle and it's like sort of uh uh like kind of like wintry colors you know there's there's like or not wintry it's just like a, a beautiful sunset but like a cold winter sunset like one of those clear winter days uh and it says Seattle but the sky is like glitter glue like and it, it was made this way by like a like some like somebody store bought this <laughs> glitter glue and it says on the back um dear strangely please enjoy this postcard the most ridiculous one i could find here's a mailbag question for you what's your favorite place in all of bellingham love sarah oh it's from sarah hi sarah my podcast wife that's uh <laughs> I guess I should explain that. I uh, I was having a phone conversation with Sarah, and I did that thing where I like held the phone down and kind of covered the thing with my hand, and because someone asked me a question, and I answered it, and they're like, "Who are you talking to?" And I was like, "They were like, who are you talking to? Is it your wife?" And I was like, "No, no, no, it's the friend I do a podcast with." And they're like, "So your wife?" <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just like my joke with Sarah now. She's my podcast wife, a podcast spouse, I guess. Uh, so anyway, uh, what's my favorite place in Bellingham? Actually, uh, I have a couple. I I really love the uh, I really love Eclipse Bookstore down here in Fairhaven. They're delightful. I also love Stone's Throw Brewery. I love Bayou on Bay. Uh, it's a Cajun restaurant, sort of a Southern soul food kind of deal. But honestly, if I had to, if I had to tell you my favorite place in Bellingham, there's a bridge on uh, Marine Shore Drive. So if you head out of town on Holly, you go through downtown, and then Holly stops being a one-way and becomes a two-way you go down the little hill you go up past the lighthouse mission past st paul's episcopal cathedral and you just keep going and there's this this old bridge that you'll eventually drive over and uh it's it's been here for ages i don't i don't know much about it but it's it's really high and it goes over a park it's about 175 100 feet off the ground and I run over it every morning on my way to school. And the other morning, there was a lot of fog in town, and the fog had pooled beneath the bridge. So it was sort of dark and gray, but but and cold, but not raining. And there was no fog in the sky, but there was fog on the ground. So it was like the the fog was about the level of the bridge, and running across that bridge through sort of a lake of fog it just all sort of looked like i don't know something strange and i i stopped in the middle of the bridge and you couldn't see the two ends of the bridge it's not a very long bridge it's only maybe a hundred feet long but just on this bridge surrounded by fog with a cold blue sky overhead That's my favorite place in Bellingham. Uh, so there you go. Thanks for the mailbag question, Sarah. If you have a mailbag question, you can send it to strangely, 1000 Harris Avenue, number 21, Bellingham, Washington, 98225. So the other piece of mail I got 
was from my dear friend Aaron J. Shea. It's a double Shea <laughs> mailbag. Uh, Aaron J. Shea is an amazing banjo player and science fiction writer from Seattle, Washington. And Aaron wrote a book called Apocalypse Songs and also an album, concept album called Apocalypse Songs. And then Aaron, so so what it is, is it's a it's an album of songs and then a collection of stories to kind of set the stage for the songs. And all the songs have to do with like traveling through the multiverse. It's really freaking cool. Uh, so Aaron just did a project on Indiegogo to fund a video production of the of a show of apocalypse songs and I backed it and Aaron gave me, uh, I have here in my hand two copies of his apocalypse songs book with their own apocalypse songs, download code, uh, bookmark. So I already have the apocalypse songs book, uh, from Aaron and he signed it for me and everything like that. So I've got uh, a couple of extra copies. So uh, let's do a podcast giveaway. If you're a podcast listener and you would like to get a free book and album, all you have to do is send me a postcard with your name and address on it. And the first two postcards I get, I'll send you this book and uh, download code. And, uh, and if you're, if you're, if you're not for in the first two, don't worry, Aaron also sent me this giant envelope full of stickers. So uh, I have some really fun, uh, consolation prizes if, if you don't get in first. Uh, so yeah, send me your mailbag questions and, uh, send me your addresses and I'll send you some free books. Thank you so much. I, I think that's about, that's going to about do it for this episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. Thank you so much to all of you out there who listen to this, this is one of the biggest things that's keeping me sane right now because while I'm in school, I'm not really doing a lot of shows and most of my time is being taken up doing schoolwork. So this is kind of my one creative outlet. And to get to share this stuff with all of you is just the frickety, frackety, flippy, flappy best. So uh, thank you so much. If you're a supporter of the show on Patreon, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It really means a lot to me. I literally use the money that I get every month from the Patreon supporters to pay the rent on the studio space and pay to uh, have the editing software that I edit this podcast on. So right now the podcast is paying for itself and... I mean, there's a lot of artistic endeavors that don't pay for themselves. The the strangely accordion fight show uh, touring nonsense that that is most of my year when I'm not in school doesn't pay for itself. I have to underwrite it by doing other non-accordion gigs and things like that. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. This has been already an amazing six months since this podcast started, and I can't wait to to do a whole another year. Now I'm 32, so I'm super mature, and I won't like make fart noises in the microphone. That was the last one. Okay, maybe maybe I'll make fart noises in the microphone from time to time. We'll see. One shot of vodka, folks. That's it. I really should have eaten some food first. Um, if you do want to support the podcast, it's Patreon.com/strangely. Even if you can't support with money, uh, share it with your friends. Put it on your Instagrams or your Twitters. Maybe do like a TikTok of you singing one of my songs. Is that a thing that can happen? I don't know. I should find out. I should get my music on TikTok. That'd be super fun. 
because I, I would love to see what people do. Like maybe they'll throw tortillas at each other or something. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. The podcast is produced at Sonic Suitcase Studios in Fairly Fine Fairhaven, Washington. Sonic Suitcase Studios is located in the Morgan Block Building, part of the People's Land Trust. This podcast is made possible by my incredible supporters on Patreon. Check out patreon.com strangely to find out how you can help me make more of whatever this is. Strangely and Friends, the podcast is a Herringbone Society production. It's hard to write happy songs. The good times never last long. Arms around one another a throng. As we toast and we let out a cheer. Whenever I say cheer, all of you in your cars just yell like, hey! Glass is high. Hearts alight. We'll carouse till we drop because we are still here. Glass is high. Hearts alight. We'll toast and we'll let out a cheer. I can't believe I, I futzed up the chords. I'll get them right on the, on the next go around. I'm, 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 I'm actually getting a little emotional. Though it does not always show Like a flower born neath the snow Our affection's done nothing but grow as we toast and we let out a cheer. Let me hear it out. Glasses high, hearts alight. We'll carouse till we drop because we are still here. Glasses high, hearts alight. We'll toast and let out a cheer. We'll carry our love as we travel With the bonds that never unravel That's why we sit tall in the saddle As we toast and we let out a Yee-hee-haw! Glasses high Hearts alight We'll carouse till we drop Because we are still here Glasses high Hearts alight We'll toast and we'll let out a cheer draws near surrounded by good friends and beer i hope that you've all got a few more cheers as we toast and we let out a cheer 
glasses high Hearts alight We'll carouse till we drop Because we are still here Glasses high, high, high Hearts alight We'll toast and we'll let out a cheer We'll toast because we are still here Thank you so much. I hope you all have the best week.